The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Welcome to another episode of Absent Minded. This time we're taking a deeper look into number seven and number six of the top 25 under 25. And we're starting at number seven with Victor Mete, whose future is uncertain. Or is it? You can, yeah, you could say that. I mean, Victor Mete feels like he's been on the Canadians forever by now, and he's still only 22. Uh, but he's basically. <laughs> One of the few draft picks before 2017 who has actually panned out in some way. Just the Canadians are, are are a much better team when it comes to, well, at least when it looks just on the roster building at defense than they were a year or two ago. So it will be difficult for Victor Mete to maintain a spot in the lineup with players like Ben Chirot, Joel Edmondson, obviously Alexander Romanov coming in, and Brett Kulak, who has been... A positive surprise for most of his tenure in Montreal. Um, and then you have guys playing... I mean, you, you could argue for the fact that Victor Mete can play on the right side as well. But there you have, obviously, Petrie and Weber. And then it's only one spot left. And, yeah, um, for a third-pairing defenseman, you might want to go with someone more physical, bigger. I don't know uh, how Claude Julien and Luke Richardson and the others uh, reason in that way. But... We know that Victor Mete is a—he's a swift skater and a great transition player, but he needs someone who's uh, who can compensate for for his um, weaknesses playing beside him. Shall he be worried about uh, Kale Flurry breathing down his neck as well? Not only Romanov, Norlander in the future, and 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 Gulli and uh, all the other prospects that are actually coming up through the system—a uh, loaded system—but especially maybe on defense and and with new contract for petrie um a long contract already with weber there there are only a certain amount of options to go yeah exactly and and obviously a four-year contract to joel edmondson um which just limits as as we say like it limits the options for for meta even more so I can see a scenario where Victor Mete is moved, not because he's a bad defenseman or a bad asset, but just because he gets he's the one who gets pushed out of the nest at this point. I think that um, I can like I, I can I can understand the fact that maybe uh, other teams and the Canadians for that reason that they look at Brett Kulak as a better asset as of now, but Victor Mete is. I mean, he's 22 years of age, and he has already played, uh, well, I mean, you could argue two-ish seasons in the NHL. Well, basically three, and uh, 
um, yeah, he has 150 games, 100, yeah, 170 games to his uh, to his resume already, and uh, you could argue that if he pl- if he gets into uh, another team's lineup, he can play top four minutes. He has done that with Montreal and done it reasonably well for most of the time. Um, so, but yeah, guys like Flurry, Juleson, Josh Brook. And and the uh, seasoned vets already. Uh, it, it will be difficult for Victor Mete to uh, to squeeze into the lineup, but um, but it will be uh, it will be fascinating to follow come training camp if if no one is moved already because we'll have nine or ten possible defensemen who can take uh, an NHL roster spot at that point. What in your mind would be the the uh, trade value for for Mete? Yeah, nothing more than a mid-round pick or something. Um, I mean, he, he's not... I, I don't think he's a premier asset at this point. I think he's a complementary piece uh, for a team. I mean, if you look at his underlying numbers, he has, uh, you know, he has great... Um, his transition game really stands out. But for for him to be able to do that and use his skating and, I mean, his own, his own exits and zone entries... Um, he needs someone like a Shea Weber uh, playing beside him, so that he has the uh, possibility to just, um, you know, leave the zone when, when, with the puck when, when he uh, feels like there is an opportunity. And I don't know if teams are willing to part with more than, you know, a mid-round pick or something for for that quality um, as of now. Um, and maybe especially considering they know the roster problems that Montreal will have, you're not going to give away something uh, substantial when, when you know that Montreal is sitting in in, in dire straits, not not dire straits in that way, but in that they have limited options. And you know, either you trade for him and get something, or or you let him go uh, on waivers and you get nothing. Yeah, exactly. Because if he goes on waivers, a lot of teams will be interested. He's he's not going to pass waivers, that's for sure. So, uh, I mean, it's basically like, I think it was a few years ago when we saw Montreal lose first Jacob Delarose and then Nikita Sherbach on waivers just because, well, teams knew that, well, in, in a week or two, you will be too many roster players. So you'll have to send someone down and we're not going to part with any assets beforehand because we know that you're going to have to give them to us for free. And, and, and free is always worth taking a chance on, whereas you, you don't want to give up those mid-round draft picks, as you say. No, definitely. Uh, I mean, we know that Mark Bergevin is a, I mean, he's a, he's a sleuth when it comes to just um, getting those extra draft picks into into the organization. But I mean, getting a getting a fifth round pick for Mikey Riley, for example, last year was, you know, I mean, it was basically what you gave up for him uh, a year and a half earlier. And then you basically you, you got the asset back again. Um, and Mikey Riley is arguably a, a less proven NHL player than Victor Mete. But at the same time, yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting situation. It's a good situation for the Canadians to be in. And, and we're not saying that Victor Mete automatically will be traded or will, will be let go. But I feel like he's too good at this point to start the season in Laval. And I think he's too good to start the season as a 7th D. Um, or, or, uh, or even sitting in the stands uh, in the press box having hot dogs. Um, yeah, definitely. 
So, but, so, but it's just, I mean, I can feel that he's the kind of the odd man out with the guys like Sheroft and Edmondson will obviously be in the lineup and, and they love Alexander Romanov. So what are you going to do? Everyone loves Romanov. Come on. Well, maybe not Mete, but, but everyone loves Romanov. Um, anyway, yeah, it, it is a difficult decision. Um, it, it might be worth moving, uh, having sort of a musical chairs in that press box, seventh defender playing uh, uh, a little bit here and there in order to keep the guys motivated and then see which one that pans out. And, and uh, in that regard, when, when you think about this ranking and the way that everyone ranks, uh, it's kind of interesting to see Meta being that high anyway, uh, when regards to the roster problems that, or, or roster conundrum, maybe not problems, but conundrum that, that Montreal has at the moment when it comes to defense. Oh well, definitely. But I, I think, yeah, I think you see it. Like, if you see at the players who, who we've gone through, we we went to, uh, we had Caden Gooley at number eight, and we had Kale Flurry at eleven, Noah Juleson at twelve, Josh Brook at fourteen, Struble and Harris obviously right there after. Montreal has a lot of young, uh, talented defensemen, but only one of those players can really be seen as a proven NHL commodity at this point, and that's Victor Mete. And we don't know for sure by now how the season will look. And I think that if it was Bergevin or Timmons or, or Julian, I don't know who said it um, right around the draft, but if it becomes a very condensed season with a lot of games played at, in a short amount of time, you'll probably need eight demon and if you do that that is probably why they've held on to well all of their assets as of now that they haven't traded someone like Kulak or Mete because they don't know how the season will look if it is a season um, during you know just a few months yeah you will probably need I mean one injury and you're down to seven and you know one one guy who just feel I mean two older guys in, in Petrie and Weber, they will probably need some kind of rest if it's a very condensed schedule. Especially if you yeah, want they, to have them perform in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's kind of like uh, kind of like with Carey Price, right? Where he took in Jake Allen just to ease, ease in his pain a little bit and ease in his workload. And uh, maybe they think about doing the same uh, for this season and just keep, keep, guys like Kulak and Mete because uh, they want to they don't want to end up in the same situation again that they did in the play in the playoff series where they had to play well had to call up guys like Christian Foline and, and Xavier Olet who are more proven AHL commodities than they are NHL commodities. Funny that you mentioned Carey Price is it the, the, the higher of, of the goal tending spot in Montreal that we have at number six with Creighton Premio. Creighton yeah. Premio. Primo. Yeah. Um, Creighton Primo. Come on, Kaden I should be Primo. able to say the, this Kaden one time Primo. or another. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm giving up. You know who I mean. <laughs> well, we have a lot of it. We had a Caden at number eight and a Caden at number six. Um, completely different spellings, though. Um, yeah, Caden Primo, one of the... Um, hottest new goaltenders i mean i think he was he was named the hl rookie goaltender of the year if i'm not wrong and um yeah he's just uh, another one of these amazing seventh round picks that uh, that trevor timmons and company has picked up um from out of nowhere who's just gone from you know 
one one great season to another. Uh, a and seventh round pick, just like Henrik Lundqvist. Can we just put it out there? Exactly. I mean, let's maybe not draw more comparisons at this point. Obviously because, not, know. because Primo hasn't played in Frölunda, so it's a void. Anyway. No, obviously, obviously. And Caden Primo has, compared to Lundqvist, he, he, he comes from NHL royalty family. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. What, uh, you, no. you're not calling Joel royalty? Uh, no, I, I, I'm not. It's, uh, it's Henrik and no one else. <laughs> no, but it's, it, it's incredible. I mean, obviously Caden Primo didn't get, um, I mean, he didn't get, uh, an enormous amount of, of work. I mean, he played 33 games for Laval in his rookie season, but a 908 save percentage and, and 17, uh, 17 regular, uh, season wins is, um, is all right for a rookie. Not bad, and he also made his debut in the NHL with two games and a 9.31 save percentage, and that's not too shabby for a guy who, a few years ago, no one knew um, exactly what to expect, and then he just went on um, two enormously uh, successful seasons with Northeastern, um, and then uh, yeah, uh, now now everyone kind of wants to know if he will be the successor of Carey Price, but obviously we don't. We can't say anything about that. Carey Price is, he has six years left on his deal and Caden Primo will be 27 when that deal is up. And, uh, but I mean, goaltenders, you can never have too many good goaltenders in your system. Just look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, when you don't have a good backup, it just, yeah, it just kind of destroys your whole team. And that's why they brought in Jack Jake Allen. And that's why they still have, McNiven and uh, Charlie Lindgren and Vasily Dimchenko signed to a contract now. So six goaltenders who potentially can can do uh, a lot of good for the team going forward. Uh, but Caden Primo will probably be the starter in um, in Laval this season. We expect it, and uh, so that he gets a full season there and can just develop um, as good as possible. Do you see with Jake Allen coming into Montreal? Or... As we've already discussed, or you said, um, l- taking care of some of the backlog for, for Carey Price's games. But if there is an injury, God forbid, um, or, or Maurice Richard forbid, uh, but, but, you know, like, can we, would you expect Primo to be the guy being brought up, or will they leave him in AHL for the foreseeable future or, or for the full season? In order to have him focused, we know that the goaltender position in Montreal is always under scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Can it be too early to bring him up, even for just a few games, and, and to relieve Jake Allen or, or, or Carey Price? Uh, I don't know, uh, actually. I mean, he got a, a small taste of NHL last season, which is good, so he doesn't have to feel that need to make his debut. I mean, he's already done it. He, he has been up with the team for a few games, uh, and that's... I mean, it's just good to have that out of the way, kind of. But I think it's mainly the same the same reasoning as we had when when Nathan was on the pod and we talked about um, about Ryan Paling, that they kind of need as much time as they could po- possibly get. And in Laval, they will be the key uh, key players who who can who the team can build around, who Joel Bouchard, Bouchard can build around. And I think that's 
in the long run, it's more important than him getting a short stint of NHL hockey for this season. Because now with, with all of these goaltenders in the system, maybe one will get traded. It's basically the same as, as with the defenseman structure. But if you have a guy like Demchenko or a guy like Charlie Lindgren there, um, who both played either in the NHL or KHL, I would prefer bringing up them if Carey Price or Jake Allen would be injured for for an amount of time and just letting them be the backups instead um, instead of Primo because it's more important that Primo just gets a full season of of professional hockey as the lead guy in Laval but that's just my opinion it's always a problem or not always it's always interesting discussing goalkeepers in Montreal with the kind of of lineage that has has run through the organization will Primo be that one of the names that are added to that or or do you think it will be someone further down the line someone that is in the system already but as you mentioned uh, primo would be very old in in or, or mm. middle aged for for a goalkeeper uh when he comes uh, when when Kerry Price's contract goes out um mm. might it be better to to sort of see what the future holds in one of the others and and one of the younger guys and, and have him develop further what, what do you think i don't know uh the thing is Kerry price has an injury history and we don't know if he will be able to play uh, for sure we know that he won't be able to play as many games as he has played for the last few seasons he won't be able to carry montreal in that way for 60 games a season going especially forward. not if you want him to perform in the playoffs no exactly if you want him to be that top tier bona fide goaltender top five in the league then you need him to have a, a reliable source behind him that he can trust and the organization can trust if that is jake allen or if that is Caden primo or someone else doesn't really matter as long as it is someone the organization can trust um there's also the possibility of we don't yeah of just um that you don't in some way want to um yeah that Caden Primo doesn't want to wait for his chance obviously or just uh, the fact that he doesn't develop the proper way we don't know that yet and like I don't see a carry price in Caden Primo even if I did have him highest on the list I had him at number five I see him as as a future starter goaltender in the NHL and that is that is great and that is great value going forward. But I don't see him as that, you know, top-tier guy. I see him as more a uh, 1A, 1B goaltender, kind of like a Jake Allen, for example. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. I mean, if you have a solid foundation, a solid team around, that can be a great asset. And you don't have to spend as much money, maybe, on your goaltenders as the Canadians are doing presently. I was going to say, um, isn't that the future of the NHL when we look at, you know, some of these amazing goalkeepers? We, we mentioned Kerry Price, we mentioned Henrik Lundqvist, uh, and, and neither of them, uh, and there are more, I know that, but those yeah. are the top of my head, that, that, that doesn't have the Stanley Cup to prove it. Whereas yeah. you have these 1A, 1B goaltenders that actually has the Stanley Cup, Jake Allen yeah. being one of them. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like it's kind of like if you if you make a comparison to the NFL, you can sign a quarterback for 35, 40 million a year, but then you maybe don't have the assets to put 
put the assets you know that that he needs around him and that's kind of the same as paying you know 10 million for for a goalie a year i mean the goalie will probably be great and Carey price for sure is a great goaltender but if he has a, a an, an a below average defense in front of him and a team which can't score goals then it doesn't really matter if he saves 35 shots a game because the team will still not make the playoffs and if they did they won't they won't go very far and we've seen like St. Louis for example as as you said with Jake Allen and Jordan Bennington what well, whoever has this the hot hand gets to play and it was the same for Dallas this year when Anton Khudobin all of a sudden had the hotter hand he got to play and they he basically brought them to the Stanley Cup final so we see we see with the teams like Colorado which doesn't really have uh, the that top tier goaltender but they 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 paid a reasonable amount for Philip Grubauer and then they have a reasonable backup in Pavel Franchus um, and and they go with that and just try to put the assets on um, in front of in, in front of the goaltender instead because if they don't if the other team can't put together a lot of quality scoring chances then it makes it easier for for the even the average goaltender to just be a, a good asset for the team but. It's difficult to say. If I was in Mark Bergevin's position, I would probably also have signed Carey Price to that extension because when he has that day, he's one of the few goaltenders in the league who can really carry a team. Do I see Caden Primo as that tier goalie going forward? No, I do not. Well, that's it for the top 25, under 25. Next week, we're going to start with the top five and we got guests for more or less certain all the prospects that we're lining up from five to one. Crossing our fingers, yeah. Cr crossing our fingers. It's it's. Uh, it looks good, but we we're not certain yet. We got yeah. some of them done. They're they're prepped and lying in, in in wait for for release. But it will be very very interesting. We hope you enjoy it. We put a lot of effort into this series. And Anton, you've been a rock to lean on. Please no, you, make you sure have. to 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 give us feedback. Make sure to, to listen to Anton and me next week uh, yeah. when we get into the top five in the top 25, under 25 for Montreal Canadiens. We got some interesting guests and we hope you enjoy it as much as we have done so far. Yeah, and now, we'll now enjoy it. La crème it. de la crème, really. Top the crème five. de la crème and the crème de la crème of guests, hopefully. Yeah. No, we're not building up this at all, Anton, but, but yeah, it is. We're looking forward to it. And... Uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Stay safe. Please leave us feedback. We try to read it wherever you leave it.